Hi, Helen. Thanks for joining today. Welcome. So as people are coming on, I'll just take a few minutes to thank our sponsors, Equa Marketing, for being um, sponsoring this cost of communication series. And I wanted to let you know they're the leaders in digital marketing, and we appreciate and value their sponsorship. And this watercolor series is going to be starting tonight. It's our kickoff one. And then it's going to be the um, third Thursday of each month. So this is the first series. And then we're going to do the cost of communication as it relates to different areas in your dental practice. My name is Amy Lacquier. I am a dental hygienist. I've been a hygienist since 1994. I've been a dental consultant the last six years, started my consulting business called Bridge the Gap Consulting Services last year. So just over a year anniversary of owning my own business. So I'm excited about that. My passion is really to help practices increase their internal communication and their patient communication. I found that working over the years as a hygienist and also as a consultant, that that's one area where improvement is always a learning opportunity. And the more we enhance our communication with others, the more it increases our practice growth, our professional health, and personal relationships with people. And it also improves just our overall well-being. So thank you for joining. We're going to get started. As far as why you're here today, I'm not sure what prompted you to, to join this. But what I do know is that communication is changing. It's changing now. It's been changing for a while. We communicate in new and different ways. Texting, emojis. I know cell phones, all the social media, videos like this. We have the opportunities to be able to have technology enhance our communication. And sometimes that can also hinder our communication as well. We talk through silence. We talk through, we communicate through silence. We communicate through words. We also communicate through our actions and our body language. So sometimes how we communicate can cost us. If you've ever had a relationship with someone where you're not friends with them anymore, maybe you had a falling out, maybe it's a family member who you had a disagreement about something and now that relationship is no longer, it's kind of costed um, time with them or energy. Um, what about maybe a financial cost? Have you ever maybe needed a new battery in your car and you bring it into the, to the um, dealership and then you come out with a brand new car and you think, what happened here? So maybe that's a financial cost because you think, okay, well, they communicated to me how awesome this car would be, how I needed it. And now, because I didn't really think it through, now I have a financial cost to my family because my son needs some football equipment and I've just stretched our margin. So that can cost financially. And we've got to think we, a lot of times we buy on emotion and then we justify with logic and our patients are in that same boat. So if patients are coming in and their margins are stretched because they have a financial cost for a decision they made, they might be thinking, okay, well, do I make my car payment or do I get this crown? So the cost of communication is really, um, a concept that I thought of, of what, what can make sense that we can really think about communication as more than just speaking words to each other. 
We're going to talk about um, the objectives today, and I'm going to kind of go through this slideshow here. Feel free, as I said, to if you have questions, to um, go in the chat area or raise your hand. But the objectives today, we're going to understand intentional communication, and it's a it's a phrase that I've coined with five C's. So I'm going to get into what those are, the what, the how, and the why to communicate, and then ways to avoid costly communication. You know, you may have heard the term scripts or transitional phrases. I use the term intentional communication. My motto for my business, as you can see right above, underneath objectives, is intention, purpose, and results. And so I feel that all of life, we need to know the intention behind what we're doing. We need to think about what we're doing before we do it, have a proactive approach instead of a reactionary approach knowing the purpose behind what we're doing because guess what we're going to get a result regardless so if we think about what we're going to do why we're going to do it then the result is going to be more a desired outcome than just a result based on chance or luck or just the way it is so i want to let you know that throughout the series of the cost of communication, as I said, they're going to be the third Thursday of each month. Weaved into that concept are the five C's of communication. And um, we're, uh, we're going to go through today, like I said, is on vision. We're going to go through um, the cost of communication as it relates to unrealistic expectations or unmet expectations, case presentation, hygiene department, also uh, patient retention and team retention. The kicking off of the vision is because, why I'm starting with that is because the vision is really important to understand where the practice is headed. So I came up with a vision myself um, when I was starting my business last year. I said, what do, what do I really think of vision? And you may or may not have a vision statement. You may or may not have it documented. It might be something in your head you know you're striving for, but it might not necessarily be something that you think about on a regular basis. So what I came up with as a, as a definition is, vision is visualizing a seemingly outrageous desired outcome and then taking intentional steps to achieve it. So the three bold uh, words I put in there, outrageous, intentional, and achieve. In other words, big dreams can come true if you take action. A lot of times we have these, these big desires, these big dreams, but we don't necessarily put them into action or really write down what we're, what we're striving to, to do. And the idea is to think, what, what is that vision? What would, what would um, it be today? What would it be tomorrow? And to really understand that when you have clarity on what you're doing as a team leader, if you're the team leader in the practice, that helps your team understand where you're headed. I'd like to believe that most people have dreams and big dreams and they have some sort of vision that they want to achieve. And we want to make sure that when we're, when we have this vision that we set in place for our team, that's going to trickle and have a snowball effect to the effect on your patients, the vendors, your colleagues, the community. And then you're going to make sure that you, that's casting out to, to everyone that is touched by your practice. Now, as far as the vision goes, I'm not going to get too much into detail about, um, 
creating the specific vision today. It's more about once we have the vision, how do we uh, communicate that to the team and why we should do that. But I do want to give you some key elements for a vision. And when I say vision, um, it's vision statement. Some people call it vision casting. Um, a vision is really an idea that's documented that's a three to five year plan as your practice grows. It's a future focused, already achieved mindset, meaning that it's in the present tense. Even though right now you're thinking about three to five years, you're thinking, okay, I've already achieved that. So instead of saying, we will be the, um, the top dental practice in the area on doing dental implants, you'd say, we are the top, the leading dentist office in providing implants. So you've already achieved it, even though you haven't yet, but it's the mindset of, okay, in three to five years, if I look back, what, what will I have achieved by them? It's also a foundation in decision-making. So making sure that we understand, okay, if we're trying to make a, a specific decision, let's look at the vision so that we can say, what are those key points? And I'm going to, a few slides down the road here, I'm going to give you some examples on that. Reevaluating every three to five years as your practice grows. And, and the purpose behind that is like, say you're in a startup practice right now, it's going to be different than 10 years down the road. Your three to five year plan might be bringing on an associate, um, which when you're a startup, you're not necessarily thinking that way. And then in 20 years, 25 years, it might be what's my three to five year plan to transition out of the practice. So that's really a ongoing progressive way to think about your transitioning from step to step in your career. So again, once we have the, the vision, we wanna make sure the team is aware of the vision and their role in how to achieve it. So just understanding the vision isn't quite enough and we'll get into a little more detail about that as well. Um, and then one thing I like to think about is, is what is the problem we're trying to solve? So when, we're, when you're creating a vision, what, what is the problem we're trying to solve? So not only is it where do I see myself, but what, do, what am I trying to achieve here? Like what, also, what is my brand? What is my reputation? What's my legacy? So if I was to come into wherever your practice is and I was to go to the local coffee shop or to a hotel or to anywhere and I said, hey, um, what, what can you tell me about XYZ Dental? What would they tell me about your dental practice? Would they know anything about your practice? What would they say? So what problem are we trying to solve? What's your brand? And helping to see what's our vision. So those are the key points for creating a vision. Again, if you need help actually designing it, if you don't have one, reach out to me. You can email me. I have my contact information at the end. You can reach me on Facebook. Um, my, check out my website. Um, as far as the, the five, so I mentioned the, what, defining what a vision is, the key elements of a, division, of a vision, and now those five intentional communication techniques. So five intentional communication. First one is actually the word communication. So that is the what aspect that I'm talking about. So what is it? And what that is, is the knowledge behind it. What's the actual content? So what do I want my team to know about the vision? Now, if we're just giving them what we want them to know, is that enough? No, right? Because just by telling our patients why they should floss, do they actually go do it? <laughs> Some of them do, right? But just by giving them saying, okay, here's why you should floss and that's it. 
doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to elicit a response. So by telling your team, here's my vision is not enough. So we want them to have the content, but we also need to add on to that. So the first, the first C in intentional communication is communication. It's the content, it's the knowledge, it's the idea that you want someone to know. The how, the second part is, the second C is clarity. So we have communication and then we have clarity. So this is basically the idea of what's that concise message that we are trying to say, what, what are we trying to portray here? What do we, not only do we want them to know, but how are we trying to do that? So adult, lear adult learners do really well with a method called teach, show, and do. So we teach them the concept. So in this case, it would be, you know, what is the vision? And then the showing them is the, the role modeling of what that looks like in action. So here's what the vision is. Here are, is how I see that playing out. So it's individual goals in between. You're learning. Yeah, I guess shut this off. It's, indivi it's individual um, uh, learning um, ways to, to learn. And then it's also then the do part. So it's teach, show, and then do. And then the do is they do it themselves. So then you can give them praise when you catch them doing something well. So praise is the opposite of cost, right? So if we're, if we're trying to, if there's a cost to it, if we only give them the what, if we only give them the communication and then it costs us time, energy, and frustration because we've just said, here's the vision, now go you know, do whatever you feel like and haven't given them any instruction, then that takes away from the end results. So if we give them the how and we have some clarity behind it, the teach, show, do method, when they go do it, then we can say, okay, great. And then we add, we add the value back in instead of a cost, a praise equals an investment. So we're depositing in instead of withdrawing out. And then the why, so the first C is communication, second C is clarity, and then the why is encompassing three different focuses. And the one focus is um, compassion, customer service, and cohesiveness. So that's the why. The why is we want a cohesive team with a message that is the same. So we can all have different personalities, but I want all the team members to be saying the same message. So whoever they call and talk to on the phone, they're going to be having that information the same way, hearing it the same way. Then we're going to have the um, um, compassion. So we want to make sure that they understand that we care about them. It's not, it's not just about us in our practice. It's about helping them. And then customer service focused. We want to make sure they understand that, that we're trying to help them to um, have a great experience because most people don't really like going to the dentist, as we all know. So, <laughs> so we want to make sure that they have a great experience. So those are the five C's. Now, there was a study that was done, and I'm just looking down at a paper here so I um, get, the, get it accurate of what I was um, looking at. There was a study from the International Journal of Economics and Management Sciences called the impact of effective vision attributes on employee satisfaction. And that was done in 2015. There weren't a lot of participants in that study, but there were 314. And it really is in line with what I'm talking about, that when you have 
clarity on what it is that you're striving for, that the team is going to be more empowered and they're going to have um, more job satisfaction, which is what we would all want, right? We all want to enjoy where we're, where we're working. We want to be able to feel fulfilled in our job and be able to excel. So the title of this is called The Cost of Communication. What is that referring to? Well, we have, as I mentioned earlier, money. We also have a cost of time. So if the, the team isn't understanding what their expectations are, they're gonna waste some time. They're not gonna have as much efficiency in the workflow. When they have an understanding of the goals we're trying to reach, then they can say, okay, here's where we're going. So time, money, um, again, same type of thing. It's, it's the expectations. Um, it could be a collecting money. It could be time wasting money. And then you're having to pay payroll because the, the team didn't get something done in a way. It could be um, inefficiencies in what we're doing. Uh, team retention. So if people don't feel like they're a part of something, they may leave um, if they're not understanding their role in the practice. Patient retention, if they come in and they're hearing three different messages, you know, that cohesiveness isn't there and they're, they ask the assistant one question, a question and you get one answer, or the doctor another answer and a hygienist in the front, and they all have different answers to the same question. The team um, isn't on the same page and so the patient may feel like they don't, they don't trust what you're saying to them. Practice growth, now this is interesting because Communication, I think, is key in practice growth. You know, a lot of um, people will look at their production, their collections, or new patients. They look at what are called KPIs, which are the key practice indicators for your growth in your practice, which is metrics that we want to see. Okay, how are we progressing? And that's awesome. We want to compare this year to last year. The problem is, is that without effective communication, those numbers are never going to reach their full potential. So you can look at them, but in, in what I've seen, once communi communication is cohesive, once we have clarity, once we're able to communicate and we have that compassion, it takes your practice growth to another level, which you would not have achieved unless you're being intentional about it, purposeful and trying to get specific results. Um, there's also a cost to your mental health. You get frustration, you get burned out. How many people in dentistry have felt burned out before? I know I have. Um, my first year working as a hygienist, I thought, okay, I'm one year in and I'm already burned out. Went back to school, got a degree in, edu uh, at that point, I got a degree in health science thinking I'm going to change careers. Went back when my son was five years old, got another degree in education thinking, okay, I'm going to get out of dental hygiene again. And so, all of this time, like progressing in my education, but thinking, okay, I'm not sure this career is right for me as far as the, the energy and the mental health and the physical health of my body throughout um, the years, which, you know, I love dental hygiene. I love the relational part of it, but it does wear on your body. So we want to make sure that our energy and our mental health and all of those things are not contributing to um, a physical health and a cost to, to our um, being able to work. All right. I love to give examples of what I'm actually talking about. So if I'm talking about a vision, I want to give you an example of a vision, right? Even though we didn't, I didn't go into specifics about like X, Y, Z, how to, how to create that vision from square one. Here's an end result of uh, a vision that is kind of a combination between 
a couple of visions that um, vision statements that people have done over the years. I feel like my personal opinion is that there's no right or wrong answer. There are guidelines for a vision to statement to be effective as far as what we're looking for, but it's your vision. It's how you see it. So this is um, no right or wrong answer. So this particular one is an, is an, um, an acronym. I love acronyms because it helps to remember. And the acronym is SMILE. And of course, in the dental office, we use this word all the time. So what this means is that when someone says the word SMILE in the practice, this is what they're looking for. It's not just smiling. It's the vision behind it. And then the paragraph is basically an extension of that. It's adding some detail to that. So smile, it's service-oriented, making a difference in the patient's life, not just their teeth, intentional actions with integrity, looking for opportunities for professional and personal development, and then exceptional, efficient, and extraordinary experience. So that could be something that if I came into your office and I said, hey, what is your vision? You would tell me smile and you would be able to say those things. The bottom part then gets a little more detailed and a little more, okay, so, so from that, what's the extension of there? So things like welcoming environment, integrity, um, creating an extraordinary experience in new and existing patients, training and resources, efficient systems, specific roles, um, let's see, abundance of patients who refer their friends and family, um, advancing in our profession, continued learning, technology integration, patient team-centric approach, and doing it with a smile. So these are, these are all key points to what you're trying to achieve. Now, as far as um, what that looks like in your practice, so let's say you have your vision, and let's say this is your vision. Now what? Okay, so we've created it, we've had our, we know our team is aware of it, and um, it's really a great idea, I think, to have your team be part of it as well, have them give a little bit of collaboration, even though the practice owner is the one who ultimately makes the decision on what the vision is, the team having a say in that or giving their input does help with a buy-in and helps them to feel empowered and want to be able to achieve achieve the vision for the practice. So what do we do once we establish it? So we have this vision. Well, we do definitely want to document it. So once you have it, you want to document the vision. You want to share it with a team and you want to use it as a compass. So what I mean by that is, as an example, if you are going to hire somebody or you're going to buy purchase technology, you have an opportunity for one or the other, but you can't do both. Let's say you have a financial obligation where you just, it's a stretch to do well, as far as what our vision says, if I'm going through this, I would probably list out, okay, hire a team member. What are the pros to that? What's part of our vision? What's in line with what our vision is to hire someone? Technology, what's part of our vision? And then go side by side and say, okay, where, what is going to be the most beneficial to get us to our next level. And, you know, reading this one, it might be to hire a new person. That might be a um, new patient concierge. It might be um, a, um, someone who does all the follow-up. So enhancing that. So that's an example of how you would 
would um, be able to define where you're headed. Now in here it says, yes, we want a, um, technology integration, but maybe right now isn't the time for that specific technology and that might be for the future. Then we wanna document it and put it in a common area so that we're sharing it with um, our team. They're seeing it in an area. It doesn't necessarily go to the patients, your vision. Your mission statement, yes, of, of what we're committed to do for them, but a vision is more an internal document. And then we share it with a new hire. So when a new hire comes in, we wanna share, um, share with them. We also want our team meetings to um, reflect what we're doing to achieve that vision. So if we're in a team meeting and at the end of the team meeting, you might say, okay, here's our vision. What are we specifically doing to help achieve that vision? And I'm gonna, in, in a few slides, I'm gonna get into a couple examples of that. And then the last thing is the, the SMART goals. So once we have that vision, we have a SMART goal to celebrate the wins along the way. Because again, remember this is big picture and we wanna make sure that we have little goals in between. So we have to break that big picture down into bite-sized pieces so it doesn't feel overwhelming, so that we have a plan of action and that we can celebrate what have we been doing? What are those wins along the way? So what I call those, um, and it's a business term, are SMART goals. So they're specific, again, another acronym, specific, measurable, attainable, results-focused, and then timely, time-bound, have a time limit. So within a certain amount of time, those specific goals. Now that is how we want to have our team understand the the um, the vision and then from here we want to make sure that we understand okay so we have the vision what's the purpose and what are our results we talked about that intention purpose results so the purpose is understanding the practice vision and taking ownership of it and that's the whole team we have a happy doctor we have a happy team exceptional customer service happy patients more referrals Optimal patient care, practice growth, more referrals, um, business to place, increased collections, more productive, better time management, job satisfaction, consistency in a cohesive team, which means we have a less stressed team. Now, if we're thinking about um, examples of how the vision plays out, and it's customer service. Say exceptional customer service is what we're striving for. What could that be? What's an example of that? One might be uh, a new patient office tour. That might be our customer service focus. It's new patients and we wanna give them an office tour. It might be a comfort menu. So we wanna add customer service. So we're adding a comfort menu and that could entail maybe um, a warm towel around your neck, a patient wipe towel at the end, the appointment. It might be um, essential oils sprayed on your bib, a blanket. If you have air conditioning here in Arizona, it gets really cold in buildings. So blanket would be really nice. Um, those are examples of specific, tangible things that you can do to achieve your vision based on an element in your vision. So customer service, those are a few, a few examples. It might be um, a front office person might say, okay, well, um, I really wanna work on a customer focus, customer service focus, so I'm gonna answer the phone within two rings. I'm gonna try to answer the phone within two rings, and that's their challenge to themselves.
So ultimately what I've found through the years is that the, the offices who have a documented vision, they have systems in place, they have some sort of training, tend to be the offices who, who have um, less of a patient turnover, um, not always, but in, the most, uh, in most cases that I've found anyway. And they have some sort of systems in place and the team's aware and they have some sort of expectations set that the turnover is less, that they have less stress in the practice, that there is, um, there's a uh, sense of ownership in the practice. And I want to make sure that if you guys have a vision that you haven't looked at in a while, that we revisit that vision. That we say, okay, we made it, you know, 10 years ago, we hired a consultant, they had us do it, we checked the box, we created a vision, but we haven't really done much with it. If you have one, revisit that. My challenge to you is to, to think about one intentional thing that you're gonna do tomorrow to contribute to reaching your desired outcome. So if you've got a vision, dust it off or look, relook at it and see where you're at. If it's been three to five years, revisit. You know, look at what is, what is our, the problem we're trying to solve? What is it that we want to achieve in the next three to five years? Does our vision now reflect where we're at in this, in this stage of our career? And then think about what, just one thing, one intentional thing that you're going to do. If you don't have a documented vision statement, then bring down some ideas to answer these two questions, which is what are the problems you're trying to solve and where do you see your practice in three to five years? So what does that look like? And think big. It's okay. It's, a, it's an outrageous um, desired outcome, and you're going to put action items to get there. And then remembering the five C's of intentional communication. What are those five C's again? So we have um, the first one is communication, the, the what. And then the second C is clarity, which is the how. And then the why, the three combined, are customer service, cohesiveness, and compassion. And those five techniques, when come together, really help to, instead of, like I said, that cost of communication and a withdrawal from someone, you're depositing into their life. You're helping to increase your own personal um, achievements. You're having intention by what you're saying. And I want to leave today with a little story before we get into the question and answer segment, because I feel like it's a, it's a timely story that just actually happened today. And, and it um, got me thinking about communication and what we say to others. So um, as I mentioned, I've been a hygienist for many years. I own my own um, business now, Bridge Gap Consulting Services. Um, but I, uh, I currently also am still practicing hygiene in a public health setting. So I'm not doing um, private practice anymore, but I do a public health setting and I'm a subcontracted hygienist for a group of uh, people who are usually between the 18, ages of 18 and 24. So I was there this morning and the students, I usually see them maybe once or twice as they're there learning their trade. And so this student I saw last April, he's gonna be ending the program in, in the next two months. So I got him in before he goes out into the world and, and starts his career. And so I saw him and I was like, you know, how are things going? And, and when I was looking in his chart, I noticed that um, I had written that he had a lot of, um, he had a dry mouth last time. And I had written down, you know, biotin and all that, and that he was a smoker. And so this time his mouth 
was hydrated and I was like, okay, well, this looks better. So I asked him and I said, hey, I noticed that your mouth um, seems more hydrated. Are, did you quit smoking? And he said, yeah, well, I didn't actually quit, but I just reduced and I'm not doing it as much. And I was like, that's awesome. Gave him praise, thought it was great. So then he says to me, hey, did you know that um, I've had something on my mind since the last time that um, I saw you? And I'm like, oh, really? What's that? He goes, yeah, I remember something you told me. I said, okay, what was it? So apparently when last time I was talking about the dry mouth, I had said to him, you're a smoker, aren't you? And he said, yeah. And I said, do you want me to know how I know? And he said, okay. And, he, and I told him about, I didn't use the words nicotine stomatitis, but I told him about on his palate, I said, up here, I see it's purple with little red dots and that's the indicator. And I'd probably told him what it was called, but I said, you know, that's how I know. And that stuck with him a whole year. He's like, yeah, I still remember that. And I got me thinking of, okay, so that's, that's one person. This is 19 year old person that um, I've met once before, twice now, who told me a reaction that he had to something I said to him. But what about all the people out there that I said something that I don't know how it affected them? What was their perception of what I said to them? Maybe it was positive, maybe it was negative. Maybe it was hurtful. Maybe I didn't mean it to be hurtful, but it came across hurtful. So I had a glimpse to, to today to see something that my words said to someone that had an impact on him. Now, you know, his mouth looked better. I was, I was excited for that. But I wanted to challenge us today to think about there really is intention behind what we say that can cost us our relationship. It can cost time. It can cost money. So thinking about what we say before we say it is the bigger challenge than the vision and the, you know, building our practice. It's what we're saying to others to really be kind, to have intention behind that. So anyway, I wanted to leave you with that story today because I felt like it was something that was um, uh, uh, critical to what we were talking about. Here's my contact information. So if you want to reach out to me, via email or phone or check out my website. I have some training videos on there now, some blogs. Um, I'm happy to help you create your vision. And um, I think, again, for Aqua Marketing, for being the leaders in digital marketing and helping sponsor these types of platforms so that we can have education, appreciate them. For these water cooler series next, um, let's see, next time I'm talking about the cost of communication as it relates to um, unmet expectations, unrealistic expectations. And that will be, when is that? Let me see. That will be June 19th on a Thursday, same time. So any questions? Uh, one question. When you're starting this, like the smile, how do you introduce it to your staff? People are so resistant to change. Yes, that's a great question. So what I typically recommend is to go to start off with a draft of a, of a vision and then get, tell them what you're doing. So give them awareness as to like why you're doing it. So I'm creating this vision because I want to see where we're going in three to five years. I need your buy-in on this, you know, um, let them know they're a critical part of the team and then get some feedback. So collaborate with the team and say, here's what I've come up so far. What feedback can you give me? Collaborate with them 
and get their input because if they've had a if they've had a chance to be a part of it of the vision creation then they're going to feel more empowered and like they were listened to so that's that's one one thing and the other is you know let's say you don't go that way and you say here's the vision here's what i came up with um having them understand their role in the vision so basically saying okay so as an assistant what would you see your role how do you see your role playing out in that in achieving this so then kind of brainstorming that in a team meeting and understanding it because when you roll it out you don't just like hand them the sheet of paper you want to have it as a as a team meeting giving the purpose and then helping them see what their role is in it and if they can't come up with anything then I would coach the, the doctor to say, okay, well, this is an example of how I would see your role in it. And then have an, an answer for that. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Awesome. Excellent. Okay, great. Well, again, thank you for joining me. I hope to see you next month. Thanks again to Equa Marketing. And we will wrap this up. This does get recorded, so you will be able to hear it again down the road. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with anybody that you feel would benefit from this. I think communication is key to, um, to all areas of life. So thanks for joining, and I look forward to seeing you next time.